0: Lenten Messiah with Andrew Klein-Smith for MessiahFilm.com Session 16 Stricken, Smitten and Afflicted Welcome to you. My name is Andrew Kleinsmith. Let me read again for you Isaiah chapter 53 verses 3 to 6. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Not only was Jesus acting in the cross in the bearing of our sins, the carrying of our grief and sorrows, but God his Father was acting too. In the body of Jesus at the cross, God was acting to deal with the tangible reality of our sins. Isaiah uses words that sound violent, even cruel to our ears. These words, stricken, smitten and afflicted by God, pierced for our transgression, crushed for our iniquities, chastisement that brings us peace, wounds that work our healings. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Our deepest griefs and sorrows cannot be healed simply psychologically, for they are not primarily psychological at source. They are moral in origin, or rather they come from moral failure transgressions and iniquities cannot be coddled into something softer. The only way of dealing with sins, as Israel's prophetic worship makes clear, is judgment and obliteration. Jesus takes up our sins into his own body, and in that body stands before the Father who has sent him. Here I am, Father, and the children you've given me. These words from Isaiah 8, verse 18, can be applied here to Jesus at the cross. He stands for us and owns our sins before the Father who has sent him for this very purpose. And whatever it was that our sins were due, whatever chastisement that they deserved, all that was worked out in Jesus' body. He endures the judgment we were due. He does not rail against it, but owns it as just and true. Whatever God requires for sin and evil to be obliterated is worked out in this holy act of the true and gracious Son, standing on our behalf before the true and gracious Father. There is a mystery here into which we cannot fully penetrate. There is the mystery of iniquity we cannot fully comprehend or explain the matter of our transgression. And so, nor can we fully comprehend or explain the matter of the sacrifice that takes transgression away. But the New Testament writers point us in some directions. Paul in his first letter to Corinthians says it very simply. Chapter 15 verses three to five, he says, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, he was buried, he was raised, and he appeared. All of that for our sins. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews says, Christ has appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And Paul in Galatians chapter 3 penetrates a bit further still, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. The curse of the law was the judgment due to lawbreakers. Here Jesus becomes that curse. Paul also says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, God made us alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses, having cancelled the bond that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So there was a judgment due and it got nailed to the cross. That's the grounds for God's great forgiveness and his great bringing us to life again. In Romans chapter 8 verses 3 and 4, Paul says this, Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh in order that the just requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, again Paul says, God made Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus so identifies with us at the cross that he becomes sin for us. Peter says something similar. Christ himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. That's in the 24th verse of the second chapter of his first letter. And just a little later in chapter 3, verse 18, Peter says, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. And so we see here that Jesus' suffering for us was to lead us to the great renewal of life with God. He came and identified with us as sinners so that he might bring us in union with himself to the Father as beloved and holy children. What grace that is, Again, those words from Isaiah, here am I and the children you have given me are brought to their great goal. Let us pray. Eternal, gracious, triune God, your plan from eternity was that the Father giving, the Son coming, the Spirit empowering work of the cross would rescue us from sin and judgment and make us your beloved children through faith. It is accomplished, you have done it. Our griefs and sorrows, our sin and transgression has been taken away and now peace is upon us. All our wounds are healed by his being wounded. We praise you, Triune God, with hearts full of thanks for your grace and mercy that is steady and sure for all eternity. Amen.